Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hi. It's Ron, I'm Jean. Y'all are y'all. Hi, y'all. All y'all. All y'all. All y'all. Happy extra hour of sleep. We're all energized and still everyone will show up half an hour late, but that's okay. Yeah, we think that people who show up early, no, nah, that's not the case. I did wake up this morning. I looked at the clock. I said, man, I got to get up because I forgot to set the clocks back last night before I went to bed. And honestly, I completely forgot. Pulled up my phone and it's like, oh, I have an extra hour. Now what do I do? So. Um, Randy and Diane's. Address and phone number are up there. Um, for those of you that don't know, Randy got diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. Um, so he's been going through chemo. So if anyone cares to um, send a, a note or card, that would be um, greatly appreciated. And um, we're not gonna have class after Thanksgiving or um, the Sunday before or after Christmas. Um, I guess I should say before Christmas and before New Year's. Um, Christmas is on a Tuesday? I don't know. Yes. Yes, it's on a Tuesday. Um, so we're taking off the, the, those two weeks. Um, so that leaves December 16th for our party time. Um, Sue's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Sue. Happy birthday! Um, and the only reason why I know and keep track of any birthdays is one, Facebook. Two, if someone else reminds me. Um, so if we forget or don't acknowledge your birthday, please forgive us. Um, and either put, post it on Facebook or get someone else to tell me and we'll wish you all a happy birthday. Mine's in January. Thank you. Okay. Just checking. He's Ron. I'm Jean. This is Relational Care. Yeah. Are we, we going to do good? Can you pray? Love you. Father, thank you for this time that we get to share together. And Lord, we are so thankful for everyone that you bring here. It's new faces every Sunday, different faces every Sunday. And that's cool because you have something in store for each and every one of us here, even Gene and I. So Lord, we look forward to that. We look forward to being able to communicate your heart and learning more about your heart as we actually communicate it as well. So Father, you are all about relationship. You are all about love. And I appreciate what the choir is saying because you you have embodied your love for us in the form of Jesus Christ. And you have a will for us, you have a desire for us. And our goal, Father, is to really relate to what Jesus said about uh, Jesus being in us and, and us being in Christ. And, and we want to live that out. And so, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share practical ways in which we can do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been doing um, kind of our own take off the of Four Wills of God right. by Emerson Egerich. Um, everyone that knows any of us, um, even if we're taking it from a book, we take it from more than just that author. Of course, we definitely use the author of all authors, sure which know. is scripture. Um, but what we've been doing is studying the Four Wills of God. And the first will was um, belief. In Jesus Christ which is of course the most important most foundational there's lots of people that can do good things and get pretty far without belief in Christ um, but generally speaking those are the individuals that are doing what God tells us to do even if they don't recognize that it was God telling them to do it does that make sense this book contains truth if you follow the principles there's still going to be blessings for the temporal, for the here and now, for the eternal, if you don't follow the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, it ends there. It ends there. It ends there. Um, and so, believing in Christ, believing and understanding what He gave up for us, exactly like what the choir said, it didn't end at the cross. But the cross was certainly a sacrifice that goes beyond anything that I could ever imagine giving up. Um, that's foundational. Yeah, I mean, we can accomplish what we can accomplish in our own will. And yet, it, when we believe in Christ, when we walk in his ways, when he is part of us and we are part of him, we are capable of accomplishing far, far greater than we can accomplish on our own will. 
and that's the thing you know we we've been we've sat under teachings before where pastors have, have said it doesn't matter what Christ can do for you now it matters that you're going to have eternity in heaven and you know what that's cool that's great I'm grateful for that but it does matter here and now that's why we're here here and now there is an impact that Christ in us and us in Christ can have on this world right now when we tend to when we do this in our own willpower without a belief in Christ we can strongly influence our immediate circle but when we introduce Christ and when we walk in that fullness of who Christ has called us to be we impact far beyond our immediate circle and we start to impact generations as well the second will is that we give thanks in everything not for everything but in everything okay so even in those most dire circumstances even when things are going completely the way that we think that they shouldn't be even when it looks like the darkest days and all of our hopes and all our prayers were not answered we can still give thanks to God not for all of that loss or grief but for the fact that God is more than able he is our strength he is our way he is the lifter of our head he is our counselor he is our hope okay he can make a way where there seems to be no way it may not be um, well, in the manner or the the product I guess we can say the outcome that we think it should be but very few people that I know that really do have a strong belief and have accepted Christ as Savior after time has gone by can't look back and say I see where God was in that and I see where he carried me and I can see the outcome now okay. so last week we had a good review of both of those because they're essential for us being able to fulfill the other two wills that we'll be discussing in the future today we're going to talk about the curse word of the church Wow, it's not even a four-letter word. It's a six-letter word. Can you guess what it is? Submit. How many people like that word? Okay, there's a few people. If you know what it really means. If you know what it really means. So okay. we're going to pull it. Well, that's it. People yeah. think it's a marriage yeah. thing, right? It's a marriage thing. And wives, we're supposed to submit, <laughs> bow down to our husbands, right? Well done. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, now remember the whole teaching hasn't happened yet. I just want to say that before that submission for wife mm -hmm. in that Ephesians huh? chapter, the first part of that says, both of you submit to, to one, one another, another out of reverence for Christ. That's right. You seem to not remember that. Oh, we do. Well, I'm not talking about you guys, but okay. mostly the guys that are quoting that. Yeah, most of the guys that are quoting that. I want my way, so submit. That's what this is. Well, I still remember we were invited to preach at another church. And... Um, we almost Before, got kicked out. Uh, well, I don't know which time that was. Though I'm talking about the one that had the play beforehand. We weren't kicked out. We weren't even almost kicked out of there. Uh, that was a different play. Oh, that okay. one. We're talking about this one. Okay. On this one, before we got up to preach, they had a play. And what the play was, um, husband and wife, uh, husband was at home. He was having a beer, reading the paper, watching TV, whatever it was. She came home from her Bible study, and he's like, woman, where's dinner? I was like, what do you mean, where's dinner? You know, I've had a busy day. You get yourself dinner, okay? And, um, you know, so they're getting into this, this debate and whatnot. And knock, 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 younger couple comes in. Oh, brother, sister, so-and-so, um, you know, we're just... We really need your help. You know, we really honor you as, as the elders of the church, and we respect your marriage, and, you know, we're not having a great time right now. Can you really help us? And you, mind you, the, 
you know, the, the beer bottle's kind of hidden. Under and the chair. Under the chair. And, you know, oh, yes. Yeah, so, would you like some water? I'd love to serve you. You know, would you, can I get you some coffee? You know, the, the, the wife is so willing to serve the people coming in. And, and her husband at that point. And her husband at that point. And, you know, okay, so they have their little conversation. The couple leaves, and it's like, well, where's my dinner? Okay. And basically, it got to a point where the husband said, you will either submit or be subdued. Actually, that was after she wound up on the floor with him yeah. over her. And that was okay. before we delivered a message on relationships. Okay. Was the play saying what not to do? Yes. Well, what was the unfortunate was is God was speaking to me in that moment. And he said, this is a lot more real for the people in this church than you would like to think. And the reality is, you know, especially even in a, in a facility this large, there's people that have relationships like that. Everything looks great. We'd never had violence nope. in our home, okay? Pillars of the church, leaders of the church, teachers of the church, but tensions of the Cold War. Okay, you know, we didn't have to turn down the thermostat during the summer because it was pretty chilly in our house until people showed up. And then it was like, oh, sweetie, how can I help you? How is the life? Okay, you know, I mean, we lived that. You know, again, it wasn't abusive. Ron and I were never um, abusive to one another, um, physical with one another or anything else, I guess I should say. You know, but we certainly weren't what God called us to be in our relationship. Yeah, we, we, we lived two different lives. We weren't submitting to one another. We were submitting to... We weren't submitting. No, I was submitting to my rights needing to be take place. My needs needed to take place. But the, my... th but the thing is, that's not submission, and you know that. And I know it's not submission. <laughs> one of the things that, we, uh, that I take is... is in, it makes me really happy is, as you know, we have an upstairs, people move in and out of our house on a routine basis, it seems like, for the last several years. And there was one individual who lived up there and, and spoke and, and mentioned this in a crowd, what you see up front is what you would see at their home. And for me, that was the greatest sign of the healing that's taken place, because there's no mask. There's no mask. What, what you see is what you get. This is what you're going to get if you show up at our house. This is what you get if you invite us over for dinner. So don't, if you don't want us. That's just it, okay? But let's look at what for, uh, what Peter says. First Peter 2, 13 to 15. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed, he being the king. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives, marked by submission, should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. So again, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. So we have a quote. We have already so talked about. Go I ahead. just want to bring it out. Sure. For whose sake should we submit? The Lord. First uh, Peter two thirteen through fifteen. Yeah. That was the amplified version that he read. Yeah. For the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. Do you know that when we're submitting, it's actually a way of worshiping the Lord and honoring God. And glorifying God. And glorifying Him. You know what happens when we don't submit and we proclaim to be Christ followers or Christians or whatever label we want to put on it? We actually dishonor God. Yeah, so, do. when you hear the word submit, what comes to mind? So if you're a wife, what does submit mean to you? Because it depends on context. Some of us can submit really well in some contexts, but not so well in others. So as a wife, what does submit mean to you? Even from a man's perspective, what should it what Yeah. And yes, you can give the true answer, too. Yeah. I mean, like the legitimately 
um, Christ-centered answer. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time we've talked about submission in the class. And, so we're yeah. not just looking for an improper, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I would say for me, it would be. No, go ahead. I would say for me, it would be more challenging when there is friction, because I know my role is to submit first to God. Mm -hmm. But when there's confrontation or friction within my relationship, I do tend to go to God, but I don't submit in a way of, and I'm learning how to say, honey, I need time, because I'm at a heated moment. So mm -hmm. I try to get my space to go to God to get back right. So, so just, you know, submission is challenging. Yeah. Okay. Betty? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I was going to say kind of similar. <clears throat> For me, because <clears throat> um, I don't have a partner, but right now I identify as a believer. <clears throat> so there's no equality or same, being on the same page like in the biblical context with this stuff. But I still feel very much compelled, like I have to pray mean constantly to God, almost as if there was a covering, even if the person might acknowledge it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sue? I find for me that it's so dependent on my relationship with God, kind of like what Renee was saying, that I have to spend time with the Lord and really get my relationship in a right space in order for me to submit one to another. Okay. Because if I have angst with my relationship with God, then I have a different, then I have angst with my relationships, not just my husband, but all around. All around. Does submission mean no no anger, no no emotion? Is that part of submission? Not having the emotions? Submit, don't submit if this don't happen. Submission is something that you know I have to purposely do. I we did our word study and it's kind of like I, I looked in scripture for the phrase if the circumstances allow, then you can submit. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. One of the things that Renee brought out though is and Jean talked about it, Jean introduced it. You know, does that mean we remove emotion from it? And Renee talked about speaking, you know, you still have to speak the truth. That's, that, that is true. And at the same time, there's a way to speak the truth. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that I've seen highlighted in struggles of submission. Because ultimately, submission is not a spiritual gift. It's not one of the spiritual gifts. It's a learned character trait. And as we've discussed, there's only one way you can learn a character trait. And that's by opposition. Because you have to press in. Okay, so it's a learned character trait. But what we've noticed is that in those heated moments, when the emotion is flowing, there may be submission, but there may be some serious truth coming out that is not in line with what Ephesians say we should be speaking the truth in love. And very much is, I'm going to submit, but I'm going to attack too. And we see that and we proclaim, I'm just speaking the truth in love. Well, then why do I feel like you just shot me? Let's look at submission a little bit differently. What do you think submission looks like between the parent and the child. Unconditional love. I'm sorry? Unconditional love. Unconditional love? But it could be with boundaries. Mm -hmm. If you have abusive parents, 
Okay. okay. As as parents, what do we expect from our children if they're to submit? Do what I say. Do what I say. All right. Not as I do. <laughs> More is caught than taught. So just saying. Okay. So when we when when, when we look at the parent-child relationship, we're looking at you better do what I tell you to do, regardless of whether or not you have understanding, regardless of right. Just just do it. Leave me alone. I'll explain later. You're too young to know, I, whatever the case, right? So if this is how we're bringing up our children to understand what submission is, does it make sense that we're screwed up and don't understand what the true concept of submission is? Yeah. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. <laughs> that was just yeah. dropping. Uh, however, when I was a child, I never said, do it as I asked you. I always said, do it as I And that's why we ask this question, because submission looks different for parents. Well, I, I think there's a difference, though, depending on the understanding of the child. Right? So when my son and daughter were two, if I told them, you have to stay on this side, you cannot walk without me holding your hand. Right? They're not mm -hmm. at a place that they can understand, right? even though they may say, why? Right? Well, at that point, I'm, you know, I can say, well, because if you leave me, you may somebody, you know. But there's some things that you have to, at that point, when the child is that small, that the child has to do, even though in they're not ready to understand, their understanding isn't there. But there is a certain point when that child is to a certain age that you have to begin to explain to that child, right? No, you can't go here, and this is why you can't go here. So that they do have understanding that it's not yes or no, because what happens is later on, possibility is that child rebels against authority, right? Because there's no understanding of, you know, if you touch the stove, the reason you don't touch the stove is because if you touch the stove, your hand's gonna be burned. It's not just because I'm the parent and I'm dictatorial and say you can't touch the stove, there's a reason why you can't touch the soul, you know. And unfortunately, most children touch the soul, and then they go, "Oh, now that's I the reason." Sort of, you know, I mean, you may mm -hmm. have the ultimate say on the issue, 
But when you do that, you're at least acknowledging that other person. You're doing the first part of the verse where Joe brought that up earlier, where you're out of reverence for the Lord, you're respecting one another. Yeah, but he was speaking to a husband and a wife. There's nothing in there that says I have to submit to my kids. But it does say that I'm not supposed to frustrate them. Do not exasperate your children. And that's why I really like what you guys have brought out. There's a certain point, there's a certain age at which they don't have the ability to un- reason. And for purposes of safety, they have to obey. And at the same time, as they get older, as they develop a reasoning ability, I like how you shared shared that back. Because in a way, you, you are submitting back to them. I, I look at it as I'm not exasperating them. I'm not frustrating them. I'm giving them understanding. I'm giving them a reason. Ultimately, my reasons... And ultimately, I do have the final say. I do have the final authority in this. And at the same time, at least they've been heard. Because if they're not developed with that, then what's going to end up happening is when they get into a relationship, they're going to speak for the purpose of being understood rather than listen for the purpose of understanding. Do you understand that difference? Yeah. Yeah. Because so we're teaching them something in that moment. So I really appreciate what you said, what you shared. Because that's a key point what Ron just said. How often do we in our conversations, whether it be with our children, with our spouse, with our partners, um, with our business um, associates, with our neighbors, speak to be understood rather than to understand? No, you gotta understand what I'm saying. You're not getting my point. And you're not listening to mine. But so then again, I'm not about three I, I, hours yeah. going around the same thing because we're not taking the moment to say, wait a second, what I hear you saying is this. Am I hearing this well? Renee, well, I see. Well, I'm just thinking because I know we deal with that a lot too. And I think sometimes, even as an adult, we all have different learning styles, but we just take time to be patient with one another. You know, if I don't get it, I don't get it. But be patient with me enough to, even if it's audible, if you have to act it out, just, you know, I have a different learning style. So how you perceive something may be different from how I perceive it. So give me that grace to explain to me, you know, really what I need to hear again. If I gotta hear it three times, that's what I need. And and that's great if 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 we say that and we are willing to actually practice that as well. What describe the box to me? Okay. What else? Somebody said utopia. Utopia. That's what it says. Really? That's what it says. Oh, look what it says. This time it's personal. Oh yeah. There's not even a lunch in there. There's no lunch in here, so you're wrong. It's not a lunchbox. You're just wrong. It's not a lunchbox. And you think that there's words on there? There's not words. Who's right and who's wrong? You're both right and you're wrong. Silver box. So there's no. There's, There's always, somebody who wants a fuller picture. Well, that's the whole thing. We're so bent oftentimes on trying to get our side and get to the other person to understand or submit to our way of understanding that we're not recognizing that there's a fuller picture. Oftentimes there's something missing in our understanding. David? Um, I'm thinking about the worldview of submit Christ's view of submit and how much of 
our view of what that word means is framed by what our experience is and what we're fed. Sure. Um, on some level, I do think the Lord asks us to submit and just do it. This is going to save your life. I don't need to explain it. This is what I said. I'm God. You're not. Do it. And that's kind of that that parental almost role of dealing with a, maybe a younger child. Or maybe it's an adult child and you're, and you're saying, I see something that's hazardous here. I don't have time to explain it. You need to duck or you're going to get hit in the head. Or you're, you, you need to move or stop or whatever. And at the same time, there are instances where, yeah, explaining your thought processes or why you want them to do that or so is appropriate. But how do you determine which one you're dealing with? That's a, and we're going to be talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Do you want to skip to that now? or do you want to? No, let's, let's continue on because we don't have much more to do. So if you're a disenpla- disenchanted employee, what does submission look like to you? You don't like you don't, you don't like, like your, your boss. You don't like your job. What does it look like? Looks like indeed.com, huh? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of the top. What is the top? Indeed.com. Yeah, there it is. Well, does it matter what attitude you do that with? Do all things is unto the Lord. We've been hearing that upstairs. So what happens if your boss is telling you to do things that are illegal or immoral? Yeah. I mean, there is a line. There is a line to be drawn. But oftentimes, especially in a workplace, we have a different definition of what that line looks like because, you know, we're, you know, we, we can quote maybe James and Peter or Peter and John or any of the apostles when they say, you know, hey, the bottom line is if God tells us to do something, we're going to do it. But oftentimes we use God as an excuse for imposing our own will that God never gave us, never gave us direction to do. I am a public school teacher, okay? I am not permitted to proselytize or preach at work. But my higher calling is to Christ, okay? So how do I balance that? How do I balance that? Sorry? Unless I'm misinterpreting the scripture, there is one that says, render on a Caesar that which is Caesar's, or on to God that which is God's. So I would take that as not being taxes. But is submitting under the authority and under which you're working. So if the job says don't do it, don't do it. Okay. Brittany? So show them the love of God by not saying, I love God, you need to love God. You can show them the love of God by being nice to them. Showing them where God is. You can show them where God is. You can wait until people ask you. Mm-hmm. Linda? That's what I was just going to yeah. say. If they ask you a question, asking your opinion, you can answer honestly from your Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And, and I would think that would be But think about how many of us go to work, and that's right. You're not supposed to preach at work. You're not supposed to. How do you submit and still follow God? And what Terry, what you had said, both are true. We still need to fall under the authority of our workplace. It's not illegal or immoral um, for them to say we don't want God here. And at the same time, God can make a way to present himself in that same secular workplace um, that is beyond our ability to kind of plan out. Yeah, I I remember a job interview I went on one time. And on my resume, I had ministry activities. 
and I was in an interview, and the gentleman was the director of public safety for the state. He was on the interview panel. A different state. Yeah. A different state, not this state. And so uh, during the interview, here's a first statement out of his mouth. I see you have a lot of church experience and church activity. Just to let you know, we don't really, we're not really fond here of Bible thumpers at uh, coming into the laboratory and proselytizing, as Gene would say. The very first statement out of his mouth. So, what's a good response to that? I'm not either. <laughs> In that moment, I had to decide whether or not I wanted to actually work for a place like that because I'm experienced enough in interviews and I know I know what to say. I know the right thing to say. And so I made a decision at that point that, yeah, I'm not going to work here. And I looked at him and I said, the whole reason you'd want me here is because I am a Christ believer. Because I act with integrity. I don't do any of the things you just said on the job. I don't. I said, but I, I behave with integrity. I do this and I do that. And those are all the things that you would find that you would like about me as an employee. But if you're going to draw that line, mm -hmm. then get the Books of Mormon out of your forensic library because they don't belong there either. So if you're going to draw a line, which I respect, then respect the line. And that was the answer I gave. Huh? Actually, Mr. Nichols, we would like to, and they were about to offer me the job. And I stopped him and I said, before you say what you're going to say, I'm pulling myself out from consideration and I walked out. So. Which is good. We're still in the state now. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so this is a big one. When we're looking at submission, what does it look like in a political context? What does it look like? Ooh, we went there. What does it look like um, with the speed limit signs? Or the stop <laughs> Or the stop signs. When we look at submission, what do we look at there? Wow, there's a lot of laughter going on, but I think there's a lot of uncomfortable feelings out there. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do in the current political climate? I mean, there's a lot of people not submitting, to be honest with you, Joe. And a lot of people in the church not submitting, Joe. Um, well, I, I think in any political climate, I think that we have to realize that we are Christ followers first. Right? Um, and not get pulled into sides, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, one side sees himself as a righteous side, and one side sees himself as a liberal side. And, um, so it's very easy in a political climate like this for people to take sides, right? And I think that it's actually it's a golden opportunity, right, for those who are truly followers of Christ to really look at it from a biblical standpoint and have a biblical worldview of it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Here's something that may help. God governs the nations differently than he governs the kingdom. God governs the nations differently than he governs the kingdom. What did God tell Jacob to do? Or not Jacob, Joshua. What did God tell Joshua to do to the city of, to whatever city? Wipe them all out. Look what Peter says. For the king has sent them to punish those who do 
wrong. God sets up national and governmental authority to punish those. You know, we talk, do we submit to Hitler? No. no. Not only that, but guess who God sent to make sure he didn't survive that? He sent the Allies. He sent the United States. He sent Britain. God governs the nations differently than he governs his kingdom. Different principles apply. But it's the same God. I am grateful that Gene cannot proselytize at work. You know why? Because that means none of the other ones can either. Well, you know what? Here's but if the they got up and said in a class, hey, I'm a witch, right. and you're going to have a lot of power if you come to my side, you know? They're held as responsible as Gene would be. Well, the thing is, and here's the wonderful thing, because look what it says. To, it is God's will that your honorable lives marked by submissions should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Remember when this whole thing came down with um, Hobby Lobby? Mm -hmm. And they, they petitioned, you know, the government came down, you have to provide contraceptive care and all this other stuff. And, and they resisted that, right? Did you know that before, you know why there was so much favor? Because they won that decision, five to four in the Supreme Court. You know why there was so much favor for them? Because before the $15 minimum wage came out, Guess who submitted to God and gave his employees $15 an hour because it was the right thing to do? So Hobby Lobby was already giving more to their employees than the standard industry was doing at that time. They were already treating their, their employees with honor and with respect. So when it came before the Supreme Court, it wasn't that Hobby Lobby is just trying to you know, get every penny they can out of the employees that for them, they are, even though they're a for-profit institution, they represent Christian values. So that um, stand of we don't want to pay for the provision of contraceptives because of... Um, and abortion. And, and, and abortion that. because yeah. of our beliefs. That's why they won the case. Because Be they already were working with integrity toward their employees. And the Supreme Court could see that. And in fact, the other side dug in and that was when the other side discovered, oh, Hobby Lobby already provided for this. They were silenced. They were silenced in that court battle. So, anyway. All right. So we got those different contexts that we have to look at submission in. Looking in Strong's, the word submit means to subordinate, to obey, to be put under. Submission includes two things. Acts of deference, which means I do it. In attitude of deference as well. Because who, you, you've heard the kid, yeah, I may be standing up in the corner, but I'm sitting down where we're done, where we want. Or, yeah, fine, I'll file that report when I'm ready. In a lot of couples, I see a lot of couples where, you know, one spouse is um, a, a very strong Christ follower and the other one isn't. And the issue of tithes comes up. And it's like, well, I've got to pay my tithes, you know, and I really want to do that. But my spouse doesn't want me to. So I'm just going to slip it under the table and not let him know. Who are you submitting to? And are you submitting the way that God would have you submit? Is paying tithes the right thing to do? Yes. Okay. But is it right when we're hiding it from our partner? Do you think God will honor that tithe as much as he will otherwise? Okay. 
So we may very well outwardly obey, but inside we are very disobedient and antagonistic. And 1 Timothy 6.2 6, talks about slaves doing what they are told, but being disrespectful in doing so. Paul talks about that, and he says, don't do that. Because it's not the right thing to do. Titus 3, 1 through 2, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient. Get this. To be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, to be gentle, showing all consider showing every consideration for all men. Most of those are about the attitude of the heart. So Taylor, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yes. And Brielle has this big smile. What did, you call, yes! what did you call your boss earlier? Well, I mean, not necessarily your boss. But, okay. So, and and how many of us have used maybe a different name but similar context towards someone that we haven't necessarily? Um, could be a teacher. Agreed. Could be a professor. Could be anybody. Could be your boss. Could be. Yeah. The cop with the bad attitude could be, right? How many of us have used, have, have how do we say this? Have called them such a sweet, gentle name. Okay. Are we living up to, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, peaceable gentle, showing every consideration. Are we doing that? I know when I'm doing that, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to say, I'm guilty, you know? I mean, when I'm really frustrated over, um, what do we call them, the sandpaper people? You know, the people like to rub up against us to get off all our rough edges, all right? But it kind of hurts when they're doing it, and I like to call them some pretty... Yeah, exactly, I'm very vocal about it, okay? <laughs> I'm very vocal about it. Um you know, but there's conviction in my heart when I read scriptures like Titus. Am I honoring God's child? You know, I mean, when I look at Hitler, what Hitler did was despicable. And I've mentioned this before. He's absolutely despicable. What he did and the millions of people that died and suffered and, and the lifelong impact and everything else like that. And yet the same thing is can be said about Hitler. God created him. Not to be the way that he was. Brokenness, sin, personally I believe mental illness, okay, impacted Hitler to be who he became. At the same time, he was God's chosen. Only Hitler chose not to choose God. When you look at someone as horrible as that, the behaviors... Can we still look at him through the eyes of Christ? Does he need justice? Is he getting what he deserved? Yeah. But I can't call him right. everything I want to call him. Exactly. Because there is no exception in that scripture at all. And there's two dimensions of submission. And, and this is important to understand too. Submit to what an authority figure rightfully requires of us, whether it be a boss or whatever. But also simply doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do even if nobody's there to tell you to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So as an example, if we're in a work situation and it's not, I wasn't specifically told to do this and frankly it would be much easier to, oh, I don't know, this shipment didn't show up on the invoice so nobody knows about this. And since my office isn't going to miss it that much anyway, but man, I could really use that TV at home and nobody will miss it. Do you really need your boss to stand there and tell you don't do that? It's the right thing to do. Just do it. That's what submission is. Well, we got all new computers and they're just going to put that into electric waste and it was still working fine. So why should we throw it out? Where does it go? Here's what here's what my boss and and it's interesting because you know and when I worked at ATF the comment was 
we have a, we have a responsibility to put that in the dumpster. If you want to fish it out later, that's what people were told. Go fish it out later. Because once it's in that dumpster, we have absolved our responsibility. But we have a responsibility to put it there, whether you like it or not. And that's one of the things that we're going to be, uh, you know, oftentimes we don't submit because we're inconvenienced or it, we just don't agree with it. And one of, the, one of the common reasons we give for not submitting is because... Well, it's stupid. What a stupid reason. Seriously, if I got to haul it out to the dumpster, can't I just haul it out to my car? Why move it twice? Why move it twice? It's wasted energy. How many of us find reasons not to submit to something we've been asked to submit to? I mean, even our parents, right? Go back to that, that kid thing. When we were kids, how often, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, it was funny. I remember teaching youth group. We had about 50 kids in there, and we were talking about baptism. And I said, okay, guys, all right, how many of you guys, mom and dad tell you to go and take a bath? So you go into the bathroom, and you run the water, and you sit on the toilet, and you don't put a foot in the tub. Okay, and there were so many. There were probably out of fifty kids, there were probably five to six kids. Okay, that admitted to actually they went into the bathroom, they ran the water, but the water was gonna you know do something to them because they actually didn't. So did they submit? But they found a way to make it look like they did. They came out with the same results. And when we're talking about submission, ultimately our submission is submitting unto the Lord, right? Unto the Lord. Why? Why? For the Lord's sake. When we're submitting unto the Lord, all right, we're giving him glory. We're worshiping him. But in the case of if we actually got in the water, we won't stink as bad. <laughs> and we might actually get more friends. Okay. <laughs> no, that sometimes that can be tough. I mean, because I'm talking about in the workplace, because sometimes our bosses, our our superintendents, they send us out for training to get trained at certain things, and we come back with the training, but they still have their idea mm -hmm. of how it should be, and you just learned on the training that you should not rig that like that, and. Sometimes there's times when they go away and you rig it the right way. But there's other times where you need to rig it the way they say rig it so they can see the results. And now it's like, okay, now I understand why I can't do it that way. So it's, it, it, it's tough at times. I mean, with safety involved, of course, you don't do that. But sometimes you need to allow that, submit to what they're saying because they're in the office. And let and them they, write they it nice. Looking at it on paper, they out, they now out on the field. They don't see that pole there, right where you, they telling you to put this thing. So you do it that way to where it's it's, it's like a teaching lesson, and it's also uh, showing character as well. Mm -hmm. Sound like they need training. You're right. <laughs> a lot of times, Sue, and then Joe. Oh, I was Submission is a matter of position. It's a matter of position. Um, you know, I've, I've been under individuals that are being newly trained. And quite frankly, I've been doing that for a long time. And I know the ins and outs and everything else. And here they come along and it's kind of like, okay, I know that's completely wrong. 
you know, but it's not it's not something that is gonna get anyone in trouble or do any harm or you know, it's just gonna kinda be wasted time. But I'm not the boss. They're the ones that were given authority. And humbly I need to submit to what they're asking me to do and in that process they can learn as a rising leader and I can learn in the humility to recognize that, oh wait a second, maybe what they said might work differently than what I was experiencing, so forth and so on. So you're absolutely right. It does, it's a matter of position. It's not a matter of character. Um, ultimately, um, the consequences of submission are under the Lord. Because we, as an act of obedience in whatever area, are asked to submit. But that out of reverence for Christ means that Him being the Lord, that ultimately whatever the results of that is, is up to Him. Right. Right. Because we can, we could, there, there can be terrible, and when you look at it, when Paul says slaves, right, submit to your masters. Okay. Um, that didn't mean that if they did that, all of a sudden everything was just going to be great. You know, some masters may have treated them well. Some masters may have just continued to treat them harshly. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as they live. But again, the the ultimate recon the, the ultimate reconciling of whatever that situation is belongs to the Lord. It does, and that's. And I think that's what we're going to close on. We're going to talk a lot more about this next week because there's a lot of reasons we give for not submitting. But ultimately, for this particular issue of submitting to rules, just like we mentioned, God rules the nations differently than he rules the kingdom. Let's face it. It's important to understand that most rules in an organization are not moral issues, but they're functional issues or functional matters. And those things that we struggle to submit to in an organization, let's be honest, it's not a moral issue. It's a functional issue. We just don't like it. It's a functional matter that we don't like. Maybe it's inconvenient. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. Yes, all that is true, but it's still a functional matter. And it's important to understand that an organization, especially a larger organization, runs because they need rules, they need some sort of regulation, they need policies, they need procedures in place to make that organization function well. Are they always the best? Maybe not. But you know what? They're the ones that are signing your paycheck as well. And, and here's what I share with people. If you don't like the rules in the organization, you can try and respectively work with them to maybe modify them. But if they don't want to do that, there is an alternative. You may not like it. Find another job. That's why Indeed.com exists. But here's one thing. Here's one thing I always looked for. When I looked at somebody who was here for three years, here for three years, here for three years, guess what a smart employer is looking at? I wonder why. I wonder why. If we don't learn to submit early, we're going to have a hard time submitting later on. Lee? Except that they are a millennial employer. That's true. Actually, yeah, actually, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with the air hockey tables and everything else in the rec room. Yeah, exactly. So. There's, there's always exceptions. There are exceptions. Well, but you also work temporary jobs, oftentimes. Yeah. You know, and and that's the purpose of that is to come for seasons and, and stuff like yeah. that. You know, and there's always there's always other things. I mean, even in my own life, I worked you know a lot of different types of jobs like that when I was raising my kids. So my schedule was based on my kids. You know, so there's there's always exceptions. You know, um, it, it's not cut and dry. Yeah. But to ask that question, you know, how many times do you have friends that, well, quite frankly, get into relationships and get out of relationships fairly quickly? And it's like, well, it's always their fault. It's always their fault. It's always their fault. 
well, wait a second. And, and I'm not talking necessarily husband, wife, I'm talking, you know, girlfriends or whatever the case may be. Um, you got to ask if there's a common denominator here. But the, probably the most common reason for not submitting is because the role seems stupid and we just don't want to do it. So, all right. Any questions, comments, snide remarks? Everybody going to be here next week? You going to submit to that? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> pray yeah father thank you for this time that we have together and lord thank you for being the lord that we could submit to because there's a whole lot of other gods out there that aren't worth anything that aren't worth anything you are the one to whom all glory should be given and allow our submission to amplify that glory in jesus name amen, amen. love you guys very much have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you guys.